Ready? As I'll ever be. Welcome to Justice Losers, the podcast where we're talking about pop culture media, naming movies, TVs, and comics. I'm your host, Preston, joined as always with my delightful co-host, this is Matt. Matt, what should people do? Like, subscribe, tell a friend, say six feet away from each other, wear a mask in public, cover no. your mouth when you sneeze. I realize I never wear a mask. It's I'm a shit person. You should do that. I need to, like, every, because I, I've never had a, I, I can't make excuses, I've never had a, never got, I don't have a mask. That's oh, an excuse. I don't know where to get a mask. I want to get a mask. Mm-hmm. But like I go, I've gone to the store twice during this whole thing, mm-hmm. uh, and I've been using the Walmart grocery pickup thing, so I don't actually go in stores. Right. So like I'm careful. It's not like I just fucked everything. I'm gonna walk in crowded places. Every time I do, I'm just like, oh. <laughs> 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 yep. yeah, I'm the worst. I don't wear a mask, but I do stay in safe distance. I over like I go like ten feet. Like yeah, I'm, yeah. I stay away from people, yeah. even though. I'm never around people. <laughs> yeah. I'm the only person in our entire friend group that is 100% alone in my house. Because <laughs> Andrew went home. Oh. Yeah. Everyone's at least got, like, Stevie at least has her dog. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Check out our... <laughs> uh, <laughs> do you still do, like... I haven't done that in a You're while. You've done like a particular thing, mostly because of the pandemic. We've been, yeah, we're like, my way particular thing has practice. been wash your hands for at least 20 seconds yeah. with soap and hot Do water. Do that shit. Uh, yeah, I never ranted on uh, Twitter two weeks ago about Joker. Hmm. Oh. You're supposed to do that. Yeah, well, it's disappointing. Yeah. Go to Twitter to see absolutely nothing ranty from see Preston. A, a lack of rant. Yeah. Maybe you'll see me ranting about Preston's lack of ranting. Oh, that'll be a fun That would be a plot twist. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a list of things Matt does for the for the podcast. <laughs> uh, Matt, what you been up to? Uh, very little, because we recorded on like Monday and it's Friday. Yeah. Um, short distance between. Yeah. I read about three more chapters of Dune. That's not accurate. I probably read six or seven more. They're quick chapters. Um, it's not exactly a three-act structure book. I mean, you could kind of construe it that way, I guess. Yeah. But this last chapter was definitely the like the turn, the start of the third act. The good guy, like, all right, we're gonna go and we're gonna get these guys. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see these last couple hundred pages. Sure Should be fun. Cool. Um, the climax. Yeah, I keep worrying that it's going to get a little too big for its britches, like, um, I don't know, in the, like, the world building and sort of the spirituality of it, but it's, it's spiritual in the sense that a lot of the stuff in Game of Thrones is spiritual, that it's, like, kind of a backdrop element, Mm -hmm. um, and it, it defines the world without defining the story, necessarily. Interesting, okay. Um, I suppose. Yeah, the main character is kind of... It's kind of his journey to becoming sort of a messiah figure. Mm-hmm. And it's not like a religious journey. It's him using sort of this messiah status to his own ends. Mm-hmm. It's a, uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's good stuff. Okay. Um, Who's the Dune? Is that the, uh, who's the guy that's in Dune? What's the Dune movie? Who's, can't remember. Timothee Chalamet. Is that him? That's the main guy. Oh. Yeah. Who's the angry guy? The angry guy. There's a lot of angry guys. Well, there's a guy that... The movie is mostly angry guys. Who's the other big actor that they have in it right now? The other big actor? Yeah. You I'm mean drunk. between Oscar Isaac, Josh Brolin, Dave Bautista, probably a half dozen others I'm forgetting off the top of my head? 
It's one I've been seeing the pictures of. Uh, they had one with Josh Brolin and one with Oscar Isaac and a couple with Dave Batista. It's a legitimately stacked cast. I, I didn't know to, that. I haven't been paying attention to this movie at all. Yeah, I need to. I need to go flip through the cast list real quick just because I haven't actually looked at it since I knew who any of the characters were. <laughs> <laughs> so this this is interesting. Like just who is see it? who's who? Because I saw uh, Boss Logic did a funny thing. Uh, Boss Logic, he's pretty funny. Uh, he did a he posted a picture of. There's a guy, as a picture of one of the characters in Dune, like a, um, I guess a shot of the, of the movie, mm-hmm. holding, like, holding something, and so he, like, he took the, like, a, like a, a crop of the Steve Rogers holding the helicopter, and put it together, but, like, didn't do any editing, he just laid it on <laughs> top, and was like, uh, and people say I'm good, people say I'm bad at Photoshop, look at this masterpiece or whatever. And, like, I love reading the comments of, like, sarcastic, like, famous people sarcastic posts. Because it's just hilarious. It's just, like, this is horrible. Like, you're so much better than this. <laughs> and then, like, I, like, you look at normal posts, like, ha 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 ha. Like, this is hilarious. It's like, oh, this is totally real. And then, like, those have, like, maybe 20 replies. And then you see, like, this is horrible. You're better than this. Like, C-380 replies. (laughs) Like, ooh, we got them annihilated. Alright, well, real quick, how's this for a cast? Rebecca Ferguson, Timothee Chalamet, Zendaya, Oscar Isaac, Josh Brolin, Dave Bautista, Jason Momoa, Stellan Skarsgård, Javier Bardem, and also David Dustmalkian, who's pretty good. Jason Momoa's in there? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Maybe it was Josh Brolin that I was seeing. Yeah, he's, he's in it. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That also makes sense. Yeah, this is a, this is a, this is great podcast. Oh, this is this is great casting right here. <laughs> we are be. casting that pod hard. Whoa, that's interesting. Man, still going. <laughs> I think they're I think they're gender flipping a character. Huh? Huh? Unless I'm mistaken and misreading this. Yeah, it'll be good. All right. Okay. Uh yeah, that's, that's that's all I've been up to. All right, all the things. Uh, I have continued reading Swamp Thing. Um, how far are you? Uh, I he just beat up uh Arcane again. Actually, okay. he did beat up Arcane, the one armed ex slave. Okay, one thing Len Wine is really good at is creating. We actually talked about this briefly. Tag mm-hmm. names, mm-hmm. which are symbolic names, like mm-hmm. names that like if you look at what the name means, did learn like the name what the name is. It has it's symbolic to their character. Like mm-hmm. uh, when the the piece of literature I cannot remember the name of for the life of me, but it was like back in eighth grade when I learned about this. There was a character in a piece of literature named Vera, and she always lies because mm-hmm. uh, Vera is Latin for truth. Mm-hmm. Um, Latin? No, it would be Greek. No, it'd be Latin. It's it'd be Vera. Uh, yeah, because because um, in Harry Potter, there's Veritaserum, which is the yeah. Oh, and she only knows I'm trying to think of what, what words would come from that Latin word. It doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, like tag names. So there's uh, auntie, like auntie, like an aunt, mm-hmm. uh, auntie bellum, antebellum. She, well, antebellum is anything that's after war, particularly the Civil War. She was an ex-slave. So like the moment mm-hmm. it was auntie bellum, auntie bellum, I'm like, She's black. She's super fucking like Louisiana, <laughs> like swamp Louisiana. 
Like, she's going to be an ex-slave somehow, like, super old. And she started talking about, like, oh, the this girl that was promised to this man. I'm like, that's her. Yeah. <laughs> that's definitely her. And, like, obviously at the end they revealed that it was her. And I'm like, yeah. oh, um, But no, it was, uh, there's that. There was, um, God, there was another character. I can't remember what it was that was just, like, right in there of that tag name. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, uh, so far... I, I really like it. Um, I'm liking those kind of... There doesn't seem to be a... Oh, there is a grander, like, thing going to happen. There's the the conclave um, that mm-hmm. is just kind of around. Uh, there's the issue that you... I actually remembered you talking about uh, when he actually comes across Batman, he goes to Gotham, and he and Batman, mm-hmm. like, kind of in tangent do stuff, or in parallel. Uh and Batman is, like, tracking down the Conclave. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the end, he realizes who's in, who's in the Conclave. He, like, catches the guy. Mm-hmm. But, obviously, there's more to, more to the Conclave than that, yeah. that guy. So, it's going to... So, right now, it's in, like, the, the, the downslope of them being around. But it's going to come back, clearly. Because a good writer like Len Wein would never just let something like that just go away when one guy goes down. Um... Am I right? I'm right, right? That Conclave would come back, was coming back? I don't actually remember if it comes back in that first volume. Oh, yeah, definitely not. Like, it's good. That's something like that. Yeah. Like, having that build up and then having a conclusion, a semi-conclusion, usually needs a bigger gap. Like, that, like, especially during the, the 70s and 80s comics like that, mm-hmm. they do that a lot. They let you, like, if you were reading these as they came out, they let you sit on that for, like, a year. Yeah. Um, if I'm remembering rightly, it's they come back like right around the time Alan Moore takes over. Okay, but I haven't, they, I haven't I haven't read Volume Two. Oh, you haven't? No, I because that one didn't come out until like this past spring. I thought you read it before you gave it to me. No, so I bought it. And basically oh, that's right. Because you knew it, was, it, it would be a weird order for you, and you were just gonna like yeah. It later. I will. I will reread it all. Okay, so I'll somewhere. read your comic before you read it. Yeah. And I'm never going to ever let you read a comic of mine before I read it. That's not how this works. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but no, it, it's, that, that stuff's really good. Um, I like the, the... I do like the... I, I do enjoy the overarching stuff. If it was mm-hmm. just episodic, I would definitely put, put it down by now. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say the writing's bad. Like, no, it's... It's still a, like inter- interesting um, story writing, but I actually like enjoy... I want to get back to reading it because mm-hmm. I know that there's stuff... One thing I'm curious about, um, it's really hard to find, I want to be the person that does this, the person that goes back to the entire history of, of comics and creates a chart that connects things where there's crossovers. Like, you'd, you'd like, it'd be this really long list of, like, or this long, like, just chart of lines of, like, a story arc, and you'd see, like dots resembling issues mm-hmm. um and then you'd see like in 1985 everything converges into like one line for like about a year mm-hmm. as the crisis of earths and then like they split up and you can kind of see their interactions with each other because i want to know and like you could zoom and be like interactive i've thought a lot about this i haven't, mm-hmm. made, I haven't mentioned this at all in the podcast <laughs> um it'd be like an interactive thing where you could zoom in to one of the dots and it'll tell you what issue that is uh, and it'll like and what it would also do is like it would kind of show where things have been grouped in trade paperbacks mm-hmm. so you could find these things and you could know like what uh like where you could 
like so the uh, Swamp Thing's interaction with Batman. Mm-hmm. I want to know what happened like around that with Batman. Yeah. Like, go to this, see where that that connection. Like go mm-hmm. to that Swamp Thing issue and then see that Batman connection, and then like look around it and see like if there is a collection that does that that has that. Mm-hmm. Um, That'd be very useful. Yeah, for. Very big nerd like me. Yeah. Uh, and that is totally something I want to do. I got to figure out how to do that because that takes a lot of, like, oh, God. That's an absurd amount of, like, data and uh, uh, data and database building and programming and stuff that I don't have the capability to do. But Warner Media, if you want to pay me to figure it out, instead of paying someone who knows how to do it to do it. <laughs> uh, so there's that. Um, I've been... I don't remember uh, if there's anything else. There's one thing that I want to say till the end. Mm. Anything else I'm doing? Nah, I don't think so. I watched Hitch. We had a date night with Will Smith, 2005. Okay, I guess I'm vaguely aware of it, but I don't know anything about it. Okay. Um, pretty good. It's an amusing watch. Will Smith is it's one of those movies where you realize how underrated Will Smith is as an actor. Despite the fact that he's a really high-rated actor, still pretty underrated. Like, people think of him as a movie star, but he's also an actor. Yeah, he's, he's great. Um, What's it about? So, it's the date doctor. Will Smith, Will Smith's character, Hitch. I don't remember his first name, but it's like Hitch, Hitchson or something like that. Hitch is the date doctor. And what he okay. does is, like, he's got this little, like, business card. People will get his business card and they'll call him. And he will help them get a date with, like, the girl, like, the girl of his, of their, of his dreams. Mm-hmm. And it's always, like, really awkward guys. Like, Stuart from Bing Bang Theory, that guy is there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Kevin James is the main, like, one of the other main characters. It's, he's kind of the, he's the main character uh, case. Like, it's the okay. one that he's working on. Uh, and it's, like, he's this, um, Kevin Smith's character is a, uh, an accountant one of the junior accountants for this big celebrity. Um, okay. And he has this huge crush on this big celebrity and, like, just wants, wants her to notice him. But he's the classic bumbling, like, um, just, it's a great scene of, like, he he's eating and he spills, uh, like, mustard on his pants. So he takes a little bit of Sprite and tries to wipe it off, but somehow the can explodes and starts, <laughs> like, doing that. It gets everywhere and just everything fucks up and he just kind of scoots over and ignores everything that happened. Um, that's, that's too it's real, just, It's just, it's, it's slapstick done pretty okay for a 2005 movie. Alright. Like, it's not like slapstick, like... That's a the, ringing endorsement. It, slapstick done pretty okay for a 2005 <laughs> movie. <laughs> definitely faded over the years like it, well it didn't fade it shifted to kid movies and stuff yeah um but like a movie that actually takes itself pretty seriously like Hitch, it's a rom-com like it's a romantic comedy mm-hmm. uh but it still takes itself a little bit seriously doing slapstick is a little bit risky but they managed to pull it off i think that's one of the only movies i've ever seen like that i enjoyed seeing kevin smith in like i don't did i say kevin smith have i been saying kevin smith you switched over about halfway through. Shit, Kevin James. I was waiting to see how long it takes to catch up. <laughs> also, I couldn't remember his original name. I kept thinking Kevin Spacey. <laughs> Kevin James. Yeah. Wow. Okay, yeah. No. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of him because he's also like wrapped up in the pre-Uncut Gems of Adam Sandler 
Rain. Yeah. Um, and that dynasty is not a fantastic hey, dynasty. Let's give credit where credit's due. Myrowitz stories kind of started Sandler's path to serious movie dumb. I haven't seen that. Okay, then. So prior to it's that, good. prior to that, then. Um, well, he's also in Punch Drunk Love, which is supposed to be really good. Yes, I did see that. Uh, that's one that's like very anxious-inducing. And okay, yeah. I remember that that was like it was a good movie. I can't stand anxious-inducing movies because I get anxious. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it, it was. Will Smith was great. Kev, oh, that's why Kevin Smith, Will Smith, Kevin James. Kevin James was pretty cool. Eva Met... Mendes? Mendes. Hmm. Picture a... And it kind of fits. It only came a year after. Picture a slightly better written Patience whatever their fucking name was, from Catwoman. Oh. Like, that kind of... Like, that kind of interaction with people and just, like, the way that she carries herself. Like, by no means is, is Eva bad actor, actress. I don't know why I correct myself and that doesn't matter. Um, but she's also, like, this is the biggest thing she's been in. Um, but it just... It, it felt dry. Like, when Will Smith was talking, it was fantastic and I was enjoying it. Whenever... She was talking, it just made me think of Halle Berry in Catwoman. Mm. And I was like, this... Not a great spot. Not a, <laughs> not a great... Uh, that made me want to watch this more. Um, but it's... It's a really interesting concept. But it's very predictable. Mm. Um, from the beginning. Like... They really hammer on some certain things from, like, the opening monologue. Oh, yeah. And, like, and then just draw on that the entire time. It's gonna, very clear when they introduce the quote-unquote villain. You're um, gonna you're gonna learn that rom-coms are the tropiest of troped movies. Yeah. And you kind of just have to learn to live with it. I might have to, because they're my girlfriend's favorite genre, and she will die for that stuff. So, I'm just gonna have to learn how to handle it. Well, you're gonna have to find some some good intersection points, some like stuff that's sort of rom com and feeling, but that like actually is like La La Land, good. like like La La Land. And or... see, that's that's one that like I've made the mistake of watching too many good movies too quickly. Once I started getting into this, where mm-hmm. now I have this really high expectation when that's such a small minority, like a, a small fraction of overall movies that are out there. Yeah. Because there's one thing, so naturally, rom-com, conflict happens, and they get into a fight, and then a, a, like, faux breakup happens kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And it's just, like, I actually stopped the movie and ranted at her a little bit, because it's just, like, they're not doing anything wrong throughout, but then one incident happens that's a miscommunication. Miscommunication's fine. That can lead to some interesting stuff. But then it becomes, miscommunication gets moved into one of the two being just a piece of shit person. Like, just just not handling anything right. Like, just being a piece of shit. Like, there's a list of things they could have done differently. And then, so the other person's like, what's going on? And then the the other person, like, then, then the person who's being a piece of shit person brings it up. And instead of it being like, wait, communication... That other person just becomes a piece of shit person and they're shouting over just being piece of shit people. And it like and it it makes me want to go back and watch the La La Land argument. Because that is such a good climactic 
like hated scene because it's natural. It feels real. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things that she didn't like. I was telling her about that, and she was like, "It makes me not want to watch that because like it's not escapism." I'm like, "Fair enough," but it's also amazing. Yeah, there's. But it's like I watch when I watch movies that are not superhero movies. Mm-hmm. Like, and I described to her, I was like, "You can have." I feel like this is me ranting about her. This isn't me ranting about her. This is me ranting about the movie. Um, when you have a movie, you can have escapism, but still be, but still have it feel natural. Mm-hmm. Like, the Batman movies make sense. Most of the MCU movies make sense. Like, the way people are. Their characters interact in the way that they would interact. Fucking see the, the, the trio interacting Mm -hmm. all the time in the Avengers movies. Yeah. Like, it's fantastic. Um, It's just, like, you write the characters and you write the story in such a way that it feels natural. You don't force it, you don't force conflict by one of the people just, like, being a piece of shit person. Unless that's in their character and had been established previously that they just misunderstand things. Then you need to have the, the, the flip side of that where the other person thrives in that and can make it more interesting not just both of them are piece of shit people out of nowhere (laughs) if you're gonna watch a lot of rom-coms you're gonna need to turn off that little part of your brain that actually thinks about them too hard (laughs) you can wanna because the the things you were using just just describe the like climactic argument and sort of the structure there of, Mm -hmm. of hitch could probably be applied to every single rom-com that came out between about 1995 and 2008. Damn it. <laughs> like, I'm not even joking. Just, um, it is it is an incredibly formulaic genre. So you kind of just have to understand, okay, this is what is going to happen in this movie, and enjoy the trappings. Enjoy the, like, the chemistry and the jokes and... Um, and the true love at the end. Oh, it's so sweet. Like, I rave about The Hunt all the time. Yeah. Because it's just, it's a great movie. We talked about it on my birthday, the, like, what I like the movie, and, like, mm-hmm. basically that feeling of visceral emotion. Yeah. With that movie, it's visceral dread. Yeah. Of just, like, th- there's nothing that can be done. Like, everything mm-hmm. that can be done is being done mm-hmm. by every party in this. Yep. And it hurts that it's going bad. Yeah. But, like, watching this, like, this kind of stuff that I'm guessing is, if you're telling the truth, it's going to be the same with all the other movies. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's another feeling of dread of just, like, be a better person. Yeah. (laughs) Damn it. And it's just, like, that scene pulled me out of the movie really hard. Like, you're going to get one of those in every single rom com. Unless it's it's an exceptional one. I will say, before that movie, I I was thoroughly enjoying the movie. Not, not, not in my top any list, really, no. but it's it's a thoroughly enjoyable like the scenes between uh, <laughs> the scenes between Will Smith and Kevin James are fantastic. Mm-hmm. They have really great chemistry. I'm surprised I haven't seen them in any more movies. Yeah. Um, there's one where like uh, it's right after the, that kind of initial step that Will uh, that Hitch has mm-hmm. uh, James's character take. Uh, I'm like switching between their character name and their acting. I don't care because I can't remember their names. Uh, but like after the initial action to get that celebrity's attention, mm-hmm. um, the celebrity comes to James's door 
But James has been like being all like freak outy and stuff, like and like they kind of got into like a like a grappling fight. I was like, I didn't like mean to do this, and like, and then she knocks, and then Will like j- runs behind the door and is like standing there, like behind the door, and Kevin James opens the door a little bit, and there's like dialogue between the two characters, and like he's <laughs> there's just Will Smith is just like giving tiny little whispered advice, like close your mouth. He's like. <laughs> it's like tiny little advice and she's like I don't have a pin she's like I'm gonna give him his number and he's like I don't have a pin and he's just like staring at her and you just see Will Smith's hand come from the other door place a pin inside his jacket tap it and then he goes I have a pin <laughs> and it's just it's a lot of fun between the two of them like I guess the three of them with uh, cause um oh what was her name Allegra is the character allergies actually play a weird role in the in the movie and her name's Allegra. I think that's where I actually heard a tag name this week as well. Okay. What's up with that? Um, huh. But like, and you know, Hitch. He gets them hitched. Um, uh, you did you not? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, uh, it's just that whenever the three of them are are dealing with stuff, it's so much fun. Um, I mean, there's even better example of misunderstanding and, and conflict later in the movie after that mm-hmm. when like one of them's mad so he like one guy shows up and he just like and reasonably mad and he just like it's like like if kevin james starts choking will smith out mm-hmm. and he's like trying to say like trying to stop it but mm-hmm. like he's literally being choked he's like I can't. <laughs> but it, and it's hilarious but it's like that that tiny little bit of conflict makes more sense mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. You just, you need to refine your approach when you're watching a rom-com. Yeah. Enjoy the fun stuff, but you just have to accept that there's this formula and you know that there's going to be just yeah. some bad moments that are coming because they have to stick it to that formula and just kind of get around those. That's a bummer. And if you do that, I mean, they're pretty fun. Yeah. Not, not all of them. Um, if she tries to make you watch Bride Wars... Tell her that she's not allowed to do that. <laughs> it is. It's just a miserable movie. Uh, they forgot about the comedy, and it's just a couple of mean-spirited people trying to hurt each other. Uh, and, like, it's not smart enough to be a satire, but it's just, it leaves you with a really unpleasant feeling in your mouth. Oh, I'm good. Alright, so no Bride Wars. No Bride Wars. Cool. Don't be tricked by the Anne Hathaway in it. Not worth Aww. it. Aww. Yeah. Wait, haven't you watched that recently? Nah, it's been a couple years. Oh, okay. I feel like you... Anyway, that's also, what I've been up to. Also Chris Pratt. Well, he's... He's hit or miss. You know, that's entirely fair. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Chris Pratt! But then he was in Guardians. Yeah, and Passenger, which was apparently not great. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. It's it's not great, but it's kind of interesting not great. There's yeah. a there's a good version of that movie somewhere. Oh, yeah. And, and that's the case with Hitch. Like, slightly different written... Sorry, I'm like... I'm, literally, I'm giving up on trying to be discreet about checking. I literally just <laughs> keep talking as I check. Um, barring the conflict with a better written conflict, that's got a great movie. Like, yeah. and better written character for Eva Mendes. Yeah. Because that just... Like, there was a line she said at one point early on that I was just like, that feels like it's ripped straight out of Catwoman. Like, it's just like that mid-aughts. <laughs> that, it's like a mid-aughts 
snide, powerful woman personality. Mm. Hey, kid, you want to play some basketball? Yeah, like... I don't think she says that. She probably does. <laughs> but, like, uh, you gotta know what I'm saying. Like, I feel like if I watch more movies from the mid-aughts, mid-aughts of, like, powerful women... Because mm-hmm. this is definitely a women empowerment movie. It's, like, because it's Hitch. And it kind of goes in, like, well, that seems like it's objectifying women when it's... The whole point is he's mm-hmm. not. He's trying to get people together to get married. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, the villain is introduced when he's, like... Uh, so what do I, I just want a banger. And he's, like, what? I'm like, banger, like... You know, get in, tap that, get out. And he's like, that's not what I do. And then, like, and mm-hmm. that's when the villains, and, and you're like, and we have a villain, like, right when he said that. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, like, the, it kind of plays to that. But I, I want to watch more, like, women empowerment movies from the mid-aughts and see if that's, like, a common theme of just kind of that. Like, because it was male writers who didn't mm-hmm. know how to create powerful women, so they just created, like, not not smooth talking snide sarcastic like yeah no i i know what you mean but i can't come up with another good example yeah. of it off the top of my head um i would imagine that uh electra from daredevil Ooh, is probably another good example of that'd that. probably be a good one i should watch that <laughs> we'll booze and booze it eventually yeah we will we need to get oh dude we were... i have yet to release the edited Catwoman booze and booze because I'm a fucking idiot. Gotta do it. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, that's all I've been up to. Okay. What news is... Nothing, nothing's happened. I was... I didn't know if I wanted to count this as up to or news, but did you read that uh, GQ interview with Robert Pattinson? No. Fascinating stuff. It's like a... It's an extended interview, but it's all like done over Skype because he's basically trapped in Paris because... Oh. They went into lockdown while he was shooting Batman there. Uh-huh. And shooting Batman there? Why are they in Paris? What's going on? I mean, it might be a... I don't know. Like... I mean, it's 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 probably Bruce Wayne on a traveling trip. Yeah. It's, it's Bruce Wayne. Catwoman went in Rome confirmed. In Paris? Yes. <laughs> Cat, <laughs> Batwoman in, went in Paris. There we go. There we go. No. Yeah. Um, no, it's probably just like Bruce Wayne on a business trip. And they happened to go for like the two-day shoot that it was... And that's when they shut it down. <laughs> like yeah. shit. I don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't actually remember the story of why he's in Paris, but basically, there are worse places to be trapped. Yeah, there are also way better places to be trapped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's 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 locked down there. Um, he's eating food that the Batman production crew is sending him every <laughs> day. He's, they've got him on a meal plan. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Um, and he's he's just a really interesting dude. Yeah, I've heard. Like he I've is seen stuff. He is a delightful mess of a human being, it sounds like. Um, I'm going to have to watch that. It, it's written. Written out. Oh, it's written out. Yeah. Oh. you got to do some actual eyes to the screen reading. No. Never mind. Quitter. <laughs> I just want to hear your uh, your reenactment of it. I want you to... Next thing we're going to do is make a full <laughs> reenactment of this interview. Does it help? What, does it pique your interest if I tell you that he blows up a microwave live on the interview? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. What a guy. Yeah. No, he's, um... Yeah. Um, Do you have any information from the... About the Batman movie? Besides it being darker than every other movie somehow? He's he's very interested to do it. He's um He talks about the, the challenge of having to do a Batman movie when you've had, like... I don't know, 
seven different Batman in living memory. Yeah. And each one of them plays the role slightly differently, but he thinks he's found his his gap, he calls it, his, his approach to the character that is different and unique and interesting. Cool. Um, he's excited to do it. He's not talking a whole lot about the movie proper, but... One thing I'll say, this is actually really interesting. I'm going to watch his lower cheeks. It's really weird, but every Michael Keaton on Batman seems to kind of like suck in their cheeks like that yeah like like that yeah like that's a more like you do like the fish face like a that's a really big extreme of like what they do because like the way you can, can kind of see it in Michael Keaton's like when he's got the mask on and kind of like like that kind of look mm-hmm. um and then Val Kilmer 100% is mimicking it because it's supposed to be like the same Batman kind of it's not, but it like I think they tried to mimic it to make it feel more natural, like it's like kind of the same, like like and a recast. And the rest of the movie is just like a yeah. psychedelic nightmare. Yeah, um, it's about as seamlessly done as the recasting of Rhodey. Um, and then, because uh, then it was uh, George Clooney, mm-hmm. and he's got a little bit of that too. Like he's kind of got that little bit of suck in. And then, uh, Christian Bale, it's really prominent. Like, he's always kind of got this, like, vague kind of, like, suck-in. It's this weird trend that I noticed that, like... Because if you look at these actors outside of the, like, besides, uh, Michael Keaton, the other actors, they don't do that. I wonder if it's just, like, some, an artifact of putting on the mask. It kind of contorts uh, your face. Christian Bale doesn't even do it with the mask on, either. He does it, like, just as Bruce Wayne. Hmm. Like, it's really interesting. I'll show you examples of it after, and I'll try, okay. to, I'll try to get some Instagram photos of it of, like, what mm-hmm. I mean. But it's, like, it's something I noticed when I watched the Val Kilmer one uh, on, with, on YouTube through, like, Russian YouTube accounts with small clips put into a... <laughs> into a <laughs> That's about That's, what that movie deserves. I watched that movie. <laughs> Um, but, like, I noticed it there. I was like, oh, he kind of looks like he's doing the thing that Christian... Because I noticed Christian Bale did it first. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I watched the Val Kilmer ones, and I'm like, Val Kilmer, that's just his face. Wait a second. And then, like, later when I watched Batman movies again, like, the Christian Bale ones again, I noticed it. And then when I watched the Val Kilmer one, I noticed it. And then when I watched, like, a couple clips of the... I didn't finish the George Clooney one. A couple clips of that one, he does it too. And I'm just like, what the fuck? That's really interesting that they all do it. Like it's a, it's somewhat paying homage to the to the pivotal Batman, which was Michael Keaton, huh. like the one that shifted that character both in the comics and public psyche. Yeah, I love noticing that shit. I'm trying to picture all of them, but I'm I'm only getting. Um... I can very vividly picture. Uh, I can very vividly picture the uh, Mike uh, the um, the Christian Bale one because mm-hmm. I just noticed it a lot. Um, I can picture the Val Kilmer one a little bit. I think he was, like, his was, like, trying to do, like, you know, obviously because he was immediately following. And then George Clooney does a little bit. He kind of, like, fades away from it. I think mm-hmm. he got tired of doing it or they just forgot about it. Um, yeah, it's like the attention to detail of that movie wasn't super uh, fine. Um, Doesn't surprise me. <laughs> but, hmm. no, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. I'm going to, I'll do a little bit of picture digging for that. But. But. So maybe he'll do that. Maybe that's why I was bringing that up. It's like maybe he's still gonna. If he does that, I'm gonna lose my shit. 
Like, if I see a trailer and he's doing that, I'm going to absolutely lose my mind, because that's definitely a pattern. Illuminati concern confirmed. <laughs> well, you can check the test footage. No, because that, like, that's not in acting the character. I mean, mm-hmm. it is, but that's not, like, in the movie. All right. And we can't get anything from, like... I mean, he looks kind of pudgy in the in the set photos, if you ask me. Like, his face looks a little pudgy, kind of, like, shoved in the mask. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, that's yep. something I noticed. Speaking of pudgy, he's apparently not working out at all right now. I'd imagine. And everyone's mad at him, because um, Zoe Kravitz is working out, like, five days a week, and, um, and he's just like, the, the suit's going to have, like, muscle padding. Yeah. I, why do I care? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Pattinson, the realest dude in Hollywood. Yeah. Alright. Um, Any other news? Let's see. Uh, Tenet apparently might end up getting pushed back. Damn it. Um, if it does, there's Hollywood insiders that are saying that we won't get any movies till the end of the year. Oh my god. Just because like, Tenet is kind of the big one between now and, and then, really. Yeah. Um, I hope we do. I really want to see it. Um, we are supposed to be getting a new trailer for it soon. Oh! Cool. In the next few weeks, there's not really a fixed date. Yeah. Um, the only other interview I read... I've been reading yeah, that's a weird. lot of interviews. <laughs> um, I read one with uh, Christopher McQuarrie, who's who's talking about uh, Mission Impossible 7 and 8, mm-hmm. um, which is basically two parts of the same... Like, it's a, it's a two-part movie, almost. Mm-hmm. Um, which is... That's going to be very interesting for a Mission Impossible movie, and I'm kind of wondering if this is going to be the moment where it jumps the shark, tries mm-hmm. to go a little bit too um, interconnected plot, and too many threads get try to get pulled together. Um, he's done two really great movies, um, and they I think they work even as like an interconnected pair, Rogue mm-hmm. Nation and Fallout, because they do kind of follow from each other. Yeah. Um, but they're very much self-contained with kind of their own stakes, their own villain, their yeah. own, even their own tone. Like they're, yeah. Rogue Nation is probably the funniest of the five, of the six and Fallout is the darkest. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love everyone involved. Uh, Haley Atwell is going to play a major role. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what's his face who played Kitridge in the first one? The kind of the higher up guy. Um, not Phillips, he went off and he's from the second one. Third one. Second one's with the one where they go down under. Flight the Aussies. With the virus. Oh. Yeah. First one's the spy one. <laughs> I don't fucking remember. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I trust everyone involved. I just, I've got this little, little suspicion in the back of my head. That this is gonna go horribly. Yeah, not not horribly, but just maybe not as spectacularly as it could and yeah. should. Um, I was right. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean six is being worked on. I did see that. Yeah, and um, classic. Yeah, I'm just saying classic a lot. Modern. <laughs> Contemporary. <laughs> Postmodern. <laughs> What's the next, like, because it was modern and then it's contemporary. Contemporary is after modern, right? I think so. What's after contemporary? Uh, post-contemporary. Because modern, like, that was so fucking arrogant 
for someone to air to to deem something of modern age because modern means I don't think it was arrogant. I think it was just the first time that people really became aware of their own place in history. Not like aware of it in the sense that oh, I'm living in history, but just like they had this sense of this is like the end of history, and this is like we've progressed to this point, and this is it. This is the modern age. Uh, I, I guess you're kind of right. Like, uh, this is totally not the topic of the episode, but it's interesting um, that history is all about looking at the past and putting pieces together of the past. Mm-hmm. We no longer have to do that because we're actively living these things, and that with how much the internet, with the internet, mm-hmm. like it does it for us. Like we can see these pieces coming together. Like you'd see if you took this and kind of formatted it in like 1800s politics you would have people writing newspapers like newspapers wouldn't be a thing yeah they wouldn't let's say early 1800s let's say okay let's say late 1800s of newspapers existed um when printing did press newspapers first exist 1860 or something was like when the printing press was invented no wasn't it way wrong like was 1560 it? oh no no. no, before like 1460, no. because because Lutheranism propagated because of the oh, printing press. Oh, that's right. You are so I'm wrong. So bad at you are so I'm terrible wrong. history. Shut down. Okay, uh, okay. So let's just say 1800s, uh, and it was all newspapers. Uh, it was all just like vocal accounts of things and stuff like that, and you'd have to put it together. Like you wouldn't like the whether you believe it's true or not. Like Russian invo- like being involved mm-hmm. in the American elections for 2016 like that's something that historians would later kind of put like would later kind of like mm-hmm. see all these things retroactively and go oh that's what that's that all kind of makes sense together but mm-hmm. we just see that now like, just as it's happening right it's not something you're going to retroactively see right uh, there will be like some that you'll retroactively mm-hmm. see after you see the result of stuff mm-hmm. uh, like if in 10 years all hell breaks loose and trump does become the next hitler or Putin, that's actually more likely Putin becomes the next Hitler because that is a trend we're seeing. Oh, yeah. Um, where he just takes over the country through politics. Then later people will be like, oh, well, kind of like Hitler. He's this fucking smart, evil guy who we should have seen at the time. A little too late. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. Uh, counterpoint, though, people have been using modern to describe. I mean, modern like was like the teens and 20s. Like, of 19s? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's before the internet. Well, as okay. I'm sure you're aware. But, like, the... Mr. Off by 300 years on the printing press. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it's officially... there. Like, if you look at art and music and stuff, like, mm-hmm. there's officially the age, the modern age. Right. We are past. Way past. Like, so... That doesn't move with us anymore. We are now, like, the contemporary, which I think, like, we're almost past... And, like, it's even in comics, too. Like, mm-hmm. comics, this is determined the modern age. Mm-hmm. starts in 1985. The fuck's that going to end? Because all the other previous ages have only lasted, like, ten years. This is the... This... We, we're in the... We've been in the modern age of comics longer than the... Between the Golden Age and the Bronze Age. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, when's that going to end? When are we going to... Are we going to look at, like, 2011 when kind of everything just, like, kind of reset as the beginning of a new age. The age of the stupid reboots. It's the, it's the reboot age. It's the contemporary age. It's the shit age. Uh, 
<laughs> no, it can't be considered the shit age because we're about to have Scott Snyder writing a Nightwing series. That cannot be the shit age. Um, and Brian Michael Bendis doing whatever he's doing. Anything he does can't be the shit age. He exists. <laughs> um, and Ed Brubaker. Uh, but yeah, no, like the this. It's interesting. I kind of want to do a episode on that. Like we've talked. I've done a history. Mm-hmm. Preston's history corner mm-hmm. um, of the of the ages, but I want to kind of see like where I can identify trends from 1985 and then a shift in the trends. And I think I have one. 1992, when like individual like indie started happening, because mm-hmm. um, that would put it around that would put the modern age around ten years, like which is roughly around the age like around the the timeline. It okay. might be a little bit later once like image became a bit more indie instead of just being a different superhero thing. This is not the discussion we're having today. Yeah. I'm a little skeptical. I think image is a, a consequence of the, the modernizing of comics. Fascinating. We will definitely, de- that'll be next week's uh, episode. All right. I really want to like do more research into this. Okay. What are we talking about this week? You. Huh? You. You're the topic. The letter? Yes. Umbrella. Urethra. You go, oh, man, I was going to go there eventually, but you could have at least, like, <laughs> gone, like, underwater. Umbilical cord. God damn it. <laughs> Uvula. Um, no, it's me. Uh, last week, I asked Matt, uh, wholesomely, what brought him to this moment with movies and comics and... Was that your stomach? Was that your stomach? Was that my stomach? Did I even pick up on the mics? I'm sure it didn't. I mean, I heard it. It sounded like it was coming from over there. It's like I heard it sounded like it was coming from over there. The plant. The plant oh, it's is... the chair. <laughs> <laughs> I like moved and I heard it again. Anyway, <laughs> it's the plant. Uh, so last week, stop it. Uh, stop it. Uh, stop it. Uh, <laughs> Uh, what a weird episode this is. Uh, last week, Matt talked about kind of his experience with movies, like kind of when he started watching movies and like kind of learning about it, stuff like that, and to to the point of what having a podcast for three years. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's my turn. Um, as we alluded to last week, Matt's was more focused on movies and, the, and his development through movies and then kind of touching on comics. Mm-hmm. Mine's even more focused on comics, even though my history of movies is longer because... My history with comics is only six years. It's interesting, because my history with comics is longer, because I was reading yeah. like, Tintin when I was, like, eight. But if you look at, like, the amount of time you've spent on comics, yep. boy, I've been reading comics longer than you've been alive. <laughs> <laughs> and you're older than me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'll start at the beginning, like, early on. Um, so, yes... For ten years of my life, I only watched Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, and Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Not entirely accurate. Um, those Everything the, I know about you is a lie. <laughs> those are the only movies that I like really watched and paid attention to and remembered, and like I mm-hmm. actively love watching. But my family, for as long as I can remember, has had Sunday night movie night. Okay. Every Sunday night, my family would make fruit salad, and so it was like you know apples, strawberries. Oh, fucking love strawberries. Uh, Grapes, if we were unlucky, because those are nightmares to stare up on a fork. If you're um, weak. Huh? If you're weak. Uh, mandarin oranges, if you're lucky. Uh, mm-hmm. Those got really juicy and kind of like made a whole bunch of juice at the bottom. Mm. Uh, 
Yogurt, if my family was feeling particularly, like, fancy. Well, well, well. Cinnamon on the yogurt, if they're feeling fucking just outrageously, like, marble Ooh. counters. Oh, God. Crazy. <laughs> uh, but no, like, we'd make that. Uh, and then the dessert would be a bowl of popcorn, which spurred my obsession with popcorn during movies. Um, and we would watch a movie. Uh, my parents, it was, this was back, we, we talked about when Netflix was doing DVDs. Um... This was before, we started before that, and then when that happened, boy, did that just kick our shit into high gear. Oh, yeah. Uh, my parents used to go do Blockbuster, I think. Um, I just remembered a piece of news that I forgot about from the Robert Pattinson interview. Huh. Apparently, Tenet is not about time travel. He's allowed to say that. Tenet? Tenet. Is not about time travel? Is not about time travel. Interesting. I thought you were talking about the Robert Pattinson interview, and I was like, how the fuck would he know? <laughs> he knows. He's in it. Oh, Wait, Robert Pattinson in, is in Tenet? Yeah. No, he's not. Yeah, he is. He's in the trailer. He's the guy in the car. He's the guy driving <gasps> the car. He is! That's right! <laughs> oh my god, I'm ins- he's, like, he's literally been only Batman in my mind for the past like six months. <laughs> he's been nothing else. I watched Harry Potter since I found that he was playing it, and I just like, that just didn't register to me. <laughs> Anyway, sorry. Uh, so, yeah, we watched Netflix. a lot of movies, and it would go through phases. Like, we'd watch sports-related movies, so mm-hmm. we watched uh, Angels in the Outfield, like, mm-hmm. stuff like that. I've seen those movies. Uh, there was a big uh, um, phase of Tom Hanks movies, so I saw that's when I saw oh, Catch Me If You Can, Cast Away, all mm-hmm. these things, and I love those movies. That's when I started, like, I got tired of Tom Hanks, and then through the vacancy of not seeing any Tom Hanks movies, and then going back and watching those movies, I realized how much I love Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um... So I started watching those movies, but it was like a little bit out of my kind of out of my range. Um, yeah. we watched, I fell asleep during Hunt for Red October. Oh. Um, I we watched Forrest Gump, and I left the room during the. Or I was super uncomfortable, or left the room during the <laughs> scene. Mm. Um, I think when I first watched it, I was too young to understand what was going on in that. Part. Oh, I totally knew what was going on. <laughs> uh, mostly because my parents made it a big deal. If my parents didn't make it a big deal, I would not have caught on. Because uh, um, I didn't catch on. I was like, "What's happening?" And then my mom was like, "Cover your eyes," and I was like, "Ah, oh, must be sex," <laughs> <laughs> um, or whatever that wrestling thing that people do is. Um, is Tom Hanks in Hunt for Red October? No, he's not. That was an unrelated... Okay. Uh, yeah, I've talked about the Tom Hanks and then I moved on. Okay. Uh, Good movie. Better yeah. book. I don't know. I, I fell asleep. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, these the, these movies would happen and I wouldn't really pay attention um, until we got to... So, like, I remember Forrest Gump. I remembered Castaway because that was my first experience with crying in a movie. Hmm. And it was when fucking Wilson was floating away. I haven't seen it. <laughs> okay, you're gonna watch Castaway at some point. I know it's, it's I know, on my it's list. Definitely on your list. But that's the first time, and I was maybe twelve at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, like in that time when I was watching, did you just, like roll your eyes at me, or did you have like a fatigue in your eyes that you had to? I had a fatigue in my okay. eyes that I had to. Because I do that too. <laughs> it just definitely looked like you rolled your eyes at me. Um, I was definitely in the time that. Uh, sexy uh that i was watching only those movies so like mm-hmm. that's they kind of things kind of got faded by that but i was watching those movies the uh, first rated r movie i ever watched saving Private ryan well that's a heck of a way to start it heck off. of a way to start rated r movies although i guess that was one of my first yeah but boy that first scene oh 
<laughs> Great, but boom. I I think the um so Castro was my first experience crying during a movie. My first experience like almost having a panic attack, like from just like my heart pumping into being so intense, was the really slow knife into the chest scene. Oh, Fucking oh, that hell, is dude. <laughs> I was just like, oh! Uh, boy, did that clench everything. Um, so that started happening. And then, like, uh, so um, amid that ten years of only watching those three, I couldn't only watch the movies. I also had to watch all the, the, special, like, the special features, mm-hmm. um, which the Star Wars special features are fine. Harry Potter special special features are take them leave them, but the Lord of the Rings special features, especially when you have the extended mm. editions, mm-hmm. are so amazing. It was I was maybe fourteen when I made my first big financial purchase, non video game financial purchase of buying those game those, those movies. Uh-huh. Um, primarily because I think I fucked up the uh, Return of the King disc we had because I had no idea how to handle technology at the time mm-hmm. um and i didn't want to feel bad so i bought the all three extended editions and nice. it was also because my cousin's boyfriend at the time um uh, now husband and father of her five kids uh they uh uh he was describing to me the the scene in front of the black gate with the mouth of sauron Mm-hmm. He was just like telling me, I just remember this very vividly in my grandparents' house where he was talking, like we were talking about Lord of the Rings. It's like, yeah, there's this, like this great scene where there's this guy who is like holding up like Frodo's shirt and is like laughing like he killed Frodo. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then Aragorn like cuts his head off. And I was like, that's so cool. And then like later I went and fucking bought the movie so I could <laughs> see that scene. Because YouTube didn't exist at that time. Um, wow. YouTube didn't exist. That was existed. Su- yeah, YouTube existed, but it was definitely not something you could just go look at that scene. Yeah. Now you just look at Mouth of Sauron scene, you get like in 4K, like. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, so I bought those, and that's when I started watching the special features. And that began. Well, one thing that's very different between the two of us is I really like the behind the scenes stuff of movies. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that shit. I will just, like,. I just love watching that shit come together and, like, how they do things. Yeah. And that started that, was the Lord of the Rings extended edition special features. Watching all this stuff and all these stories when we did that episode of the special... uh, I was so ready for that episode. (laughs) And then I completely flubbed it. I want to redo that episode, but whatever. Um, But that's just when it really started to... I love watching the behind the scenes. And, Mm -hmm. like, I hadn't gotten remotely interested in the, like, the the you part of it where, like, the tone and the, the stuff... Um, themes, man. Themes! It's got themes. Themes! Themes on themes. Um, and it was around that point that I started to kind of know how to catch on to foreshadowing. I, it hadn't been as fine-tuned as, as it is now. Right. But, like, it was there. Like, I was, it was starting to catch. I was like, oh, wait, because, like, earlier. And that's when I started to, like, pick up on things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that stuff happened. And then uh, I moved to Oklahoma. How did you say that? Moved to Oklahoma. No, that wasn't it. That wasn't it. I don't know what I said. Moved. Oklahoma. Oklahoma. I don't know. I don't know what you're doing. It, was a ter- it wasn't a southern accent, because if I was trying to do a southern accent, it would have been a fucking southern it accent. Sounds like a bad British accent. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I moved to Oklahoma, um, and that... 
I didn't, nothing really changed with movies, really, but um, I started to pay attention to more movies. That was around the time when Avengers was coming out. Yep. Oh, that's, oh, I forgot about this whole thing. So, Iron Man came out, mm-hmm. saw Iron Man at home. That was one of the movies we watched Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Um, what was going on? Someone's called. Oh, it's a scam call. Uh-huh. Um, I'll so, decline it, but then they'll call me again. Oh, yeah. I'll just silence this it. This is hilarious. This is great. Oh, I think it's actually... It might be one of my friends from Oregon. Anyway, they're playing Jackbox tonight. Oh, and you're here. Yeah. That sucks. I'll get on in a bit. Okay. Maybe. Um, so, uh, Iron Man came out and watched that. Then it was Hulk, and we watched that at home uh, mm-hmm. as the as Sunday night. Mm-hmm. And then Captain America I watched in the theaters. Okay. The first one I watched in the theaters. Definitely not the first movie I watched in theaters. I've seen, I've been seeing movies in theaters. I don't remember any movies I've seen in theaters. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask my parents about it before this, but I just didn't care enough. Didn't matter. It didn't, it didn't have that much of an impact on my yeah. uh, progression. Um, but then when and then Thor came out, we saw that in theaters. And then when Avengers came out, was right after I moved to Oklahoma. And mm-hmm. I needed a hobby when I moved to Oklahoma. And that's when I started getting obsessed with, like, I tried to just get obsessed with Marvel and know everything there is to know about Marvel. And that's when I started this whole, like, pattern of just reading wikipedia pages about characters mm-hmm. so i became a massive expert on iron man like for interesting for avengers i mean i know this but yeah like, you're like the where i am now the character not. you play now in real life is not an iron man actually. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, like i became a massive expert it's all gone because i don't remember any of it but like i when watching avengers and talking to some people i like knew everything there was to know about, about iron man i was like yeah i'm a marvel expert um but i was starting to do that stuff and i like i watched avengers then that was also the time when batman came out and then Mm -hmm. like uh, dark knight rises right um and we saw that that was the first midnight midnight premiere that i ever saw remember when movies came out at midnight at a premiere yeah that was nuts that was like if you wanted to watch a movie the night it came out you had to dedicate to that shit. You had to stay up till like three in the morning on a school night. You had to nap during school if you were gonna survive. Yep. But now it's seven or six fucking six thirty now PM on a yep. Thursday. No one gives a shit. Weaklings. Ugh. You Stupid. know what? I don't think I ever saw a movie on the midnight premiere. Oh dude, it is a it's an it's an event. Yeah. It's so like because they don't even do the stuff they used to anymore. Like they do sometimes, like for uh, Pacific Rim, they had a little, like, sub, uh, um, supplemental comic that they had with it. Yeah. Uh, stuff like that. You'll get, like, tiny little things. But, like, Batman had a poster that was amazing. Like, Pacific Rim did the best thing. They had the poster. They had the, the glasses. They had mm-hmm. the, uh, the comic with it. But um, my sister took me. To, that was the first premiere I ever went to. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know why, but it's... Uh, it's a very vivid, um, I know why it's a very vivid memory, because it was a great experience with my sibling, I loved, mm-hmm. like, it was, it was so much fun, it was Batman, which at the time, I was just like, oh, it's cool, it's Batman, but now I'm like, oh, I saw fucking Dark Knight Rises at a midnight premiere, <laughs> oh, now Preston would have killed to do that, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, we did that, uh, and then, the summer between, I kind of faded away from the Marvel stuff, but the summer between... 
college and high school is when the comic stuff started. I'm going to jump back. Okay. Now that, we're, now that we're moving into the, into the comic stuff. I talked a lot about having the last airbender. Mm-hmm. I've talked a lot about the Teen Titans. Mm-hmm. I've talked a lot about Danny Phantom. Mm-hmm. Those are the three pivotal shows that got me into superheroes, ultimately. Okay. Um, like, this idea of, like, this duality of, like, Danny Phantom and Danny... Danny, Danny, Danny Fenton and Danny Phantom. Mm-hmm. I loved that, like, Secret of Danny and his friends do, and he had, like, the, the geek nerd and the, the love interest best friend, mm-hmm. which is fucking classic. Um, <laughs> but I just love that. And also, it's a great story. Um, uh... Avatar, this character that has these powers that he has to perfect in order to defeat a villain who also has insane powers, mm-hmm. and then for a final combat uh, with his friends um, is was just amazing. And then obviously Teen Titans is Teen Titans. It's an amazing show. Uh, and that's actually something that, one thing I very vividly remember, my sister was watching the show when it first came out and I kind of like tacked on after the second episode mm-hmm. and I remember we were at McDonald's and she was mad because we were missing the first episode and mm-hmm. like first episode's premiere and then the second episode we watched and she was like yeah there was an episode before this I like I'm still not 100% certain but I'm 90% sure that like she said that when we were watching the first movie or the first episode. Mm-hmm. So, like, I always thought there was this missing episode until I actually had a chance to, like, watch <laughs> season one. And I was like, there was not an episode before this. <laughs> um, but, like, that stuff kind of just, like, st- like it, it happened a lot in my childhood, like, prior to about 13 years old. Like, that was really there. Mm-hmm. Then it kind of stopped until I moved to, uh, until I, like, went to college. Um... So like that stuff was always in the back of my brain. I remembered Avatar, I remembered Danny Phantom, I remember Teen Titans, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Just there. Like it was that that seed of like superheroes are fucking dope, yo. Like just like growing <laughs> in my brain, particularly Teen Titans, so like you know, like DC superheroes are super fucking dope. And the one very clear thing I remember watching the that that the the episode premiere was the episode when Starfire gets sent to the future through Cronus and meets Nightwing. Mm-hmm. And that began at a childhood age, that mild obsession with Nightwing. He it looked so together. fucking cool. It all comes together. And it was just like, there's this older Robin who was all in black with just a really cool, like, that That began my obsession with the with the black, silver kind of theme with the blue splash. Mm-hmm. And, like, he had long hair, and I was like, this guy is awesome! <laughs> uh, and just, like, it was always there in my brain. And then, so, come right before college, I'm like, you know... I like superheroes. I'm gonna jump for comics. Alright. I'll do it. Maybe it's him in it. And this was three years after New 52 had happened, so there's mm-hmm. really only a little bit out of the New 52. Right. By then, I've gotten so far behind. <laughs> uh, so the first comics I ever got were the New 52 run of Nightwing. Alright. I got Nightwing, and it was great. And I read the first volume, and I read the second volume, and I read the third volume called Death of the Family. I'm like, what's Death of the Family? To the Wikipedia. Oh! Cool. So I got Batman Volume 1, 2, and 3. Got Catwoman Volume 1, 2, and 3. Got Teen Titans Volume 1, 2, and 3. Got uh, fucking Red Hood and the Outlaws Team Volume 1, 2, and 3. Like, I had to get all of these Volumes 1, 2s, and 3s. That's how they get you. That's how they get you. <laughs> fucking New 52. It's all sales tactic. Um, and so that, that slowly grew my collection. And then about that time, after getting Death of the Family, is when I got Crisis and Infinite Earths. 
that was a mistake, but it was also a great mistake. <laughs> because, like, I was just, like, you know, I wasn't obsessed. I was like, right. I was, I was, this is really interesting. I like reading comics. I like these stuff. I'll, like, eventually slowly get everything, like, mm-hmm. get all these things, and it'll be this cool collection I have. Oh, my God, there's so many characters, and I don't know. Who's this fucking yellow guy with horns that breathes fire? <laughs> what? So, like, I... Etrigan. <laughs> like, I was like, who are these, like, all of these fucking people, and they're Superman, I don't know anything about Superman, I don't know stuff about Superman, I don't know anything about Superman, and then, like, and this was also right after, um, Man of Steel had come out in 2013, mm-hmm. yep. so, like, uh, I, like, Man of Steel came out as I was, no, right before I came out, so, like, I actually watched it, watched it in the theaters, yeah, because, like, yeah. Kind of a bit off here because Man of Steel was 2013. Yeah, so like 2014. Yeah, I'm trying to remember because Man of Steel wasn't a huge thing for me. Like I was like, mm-hmm. oh, cool, it's like a dark thing. That's kind of fun. Lois Lane's kind of cute. That, that was, man's an attractive man. That was that was <laughs> the first movie that I was hyper excited for that let me down. I was like, mine, having been developing a DC obsession. When, as I started developing this DC obsession, the promotion campaign, this two, the notorious two-year promotion campaign for our favorite movie of all time, Batman vs. Superman began, and I was like, this shit is gonna be dope. Like, I forget how excited you were for that. I was so ready, and this was when I still hated you, so you trying to, like, say this isn't gonna I be great, no, be nothing, mattered nothing to me. I knew it. I knew it all along. <laughs> and... Like, I, so, I've read, uh, the, um, Crescent of an Earth, and there was, like, so much that I didn't know. Like, I knew Crescent of an Earth was a thing, and then I was, like, and then I kind of researched about the Crisis series, so I started to mm-hmm. kind of, like, prepare for that. I was getting New 52 stuff. I would just kind of get things as, as they interested me. I started kind of growing my New 52 collection while simultaneously getting some stuff. I got the Batman Nightfall series. Started trying to like pinpoint those big ones, so I got the yeah. death, uh, death in the family. Well, I actually got death in the family pretty late. I meant to say death of Superman. Got that series. Mm-hmm. Um, and about the time when I started getting way more into it is when you and I started being cool with each other, mm-hmm. and we started before BVS came out, right? Yes. Yes. We saw that movie together. Yes. With several other people. Yeah. And so that was kind of this like pinnacle, this like tipping point of. I really love this stuff. That's when I landed my job, my current job that pays mm-hmm. so much more than grocery stores. <laughs> uh, so, like, I had more income. Uh, I was at college, so, like, I had more free time. Mm-hmm. More free time. Yeah. It was my freshman year of college, so I made more free time. <laughs> Should not have done it. Uh, <laughs> hey, you made it, though. I made it then. Made it then, though. Did. Did, though. Cool. Um, and so, like, there was this, like, tipping point of, it's time to really just dig into this shit. Mm-hmm. So when I moved into my apartment, I had this like shelf, uh, like the book, the or my, my desk had these two kind of bookshelves. Mm-hmm. And when I moved in, I was able to kind of fit it into the, um, like that first half of the desk, which I put about like two and a half, three feet. Yeah. So like they kind of fit in there and I was like, I got a pretty good collection. And then like, it was like the greatest day when I had to move to the next half. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is so cool. <laughs> and then like, I grew past that and I was like, oh shit. Uh, I need a bookshelf. <laughs> and so, and it was about that time that the infamous 2016, was it November 2016? Was that the month? 
the BBS came out? Was that a May thing? I think that was a May. Yeah, it was a May thing because Suicide Squad was that fall. Right. Uh, so May happened. So that would have been the second semester of my sophomore year. Of our sophomore year. Yeah. So that was after my suspension. Mm-hmm. You know, caused by the fact that I made free time <laughs> to read comics. Uh, no free time, kids. It's bad for you. No free time. <laughs> uh, that happened. And before watching that, I had learned a lot about Batman and Superman and the death of Superman. And, mm-hmm. like, I had read Wonder Woman at that point and... Like not the, not the George Perez one, and we all know that was literally less than a year ago. Right. Um, but that was the. I'm gonna make sure it's okay. We're good. This is a terrible <laughs> one for you to time. get up and checking because, like, I can't just riff for a few seconds. Yeah. <laughs> and get up and go check. Um. That was the most soul crushing experience ever, because we walked out of that, and I was. I was pretty miffed as it was. Yeah. Was it or was I was it a slow burn? No. Um if I remember rightly, you and I came out of that like that was bad. And everyone else was like, that was Well bad. I wasn't that was bad. Like that was like my I had like, oh that was not right. And everyone else, like you like you said, was kinda like, alright, that was that was pretty fun. Like Gage I think really liked it, you idiot. Uh <laughs> I could be wrong. He could be listening to this and screaming at me. He's like, no, I hated it. Um, Tell us the story, Gage. We don't remember it perfectly. I remember I hated it. Let's put a really long silence right now to give Gage an opportunity to tell us the story. Cool story. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, that made me so furious that I had to know more about DC. It did one good thing, It then. did a good thing. Um... And that's really when, it was after that that the spreadsheet was created, mm-hmm. that the the podcast like kicked in, because it was, we started... We started spring 2017. Yes. Uh, so like we started that, that was like, because that was the first time we kind of talked about it, and that was when I started ranting about like how this mm-hmm. was a disgusting combination, Dark Knight Returns, Death of the Family, and then just whatever the fuck Wonder Woman's in. Yep. Um, and so we kind of that's one of our discussions kind of hit, hit up and we were just like alright let's just do this other thing like yeah. BBS became the primary discussion for a while mm-hmm. hence our first two episodes were about BBS weren't they? I know the first one was I don't remember yeah because like, you rewrote was. the, fr- uh, the yeah. first thing because um, I know three and four were to infinity Man. and beyond wow <laughs> remember when infinity war was just kind of this like distant thing yeah crazy also i just made myself sad because i remember that first episode one thing i was really excited about with my bbs ground up rewrite so i wanted to get johan johansson to score it and then he died really yeah i don't remember that that's sad yeah oh way to bring my episode down you fucking downer it's just who i am (laughs) i bring things down i'm a destructor matt dalthorpe more like matt downthorpe Hey, hey, got him. Hey, hey, uh, me. <laughs> so that was kind of this this pivotal point of like it's time for me to be the DC man. Mm-hmm. Um, and by then, everyone knew I really liked DC. Yeah. Um, it was about that time we were starting to meet Carter, who was also interested in this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I had a relationship that was not fantastic, so I kind of like, sunk myself into my <laughs> comics more. Um, but yeah, no, that's kind of, and then like around the podcast, the po- starting the podcast, I was just like, oh, I'll just be the comic person and you'll be the movie person. It's not how that was ever going to go exactly, but yeah, because uh, we as as we started progressing, I, I became more interested in knowing how to watch movies mm-hmm. and hearing all these fantastic movies. Like, oh, I need to fucking start watching movies. Yeah, and then I think it was like so. Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy happened way previous. Like, I was still in Georgia when my parents showed me that. Interesting. Um, what did you we, think? We of saw it the first theater. Oh, I fell asleep. That makes a lot of sense, but. I remember this movie that was really smart, mm-hmm. and I watched it later in the apartment on my own, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh my god, this movie's amazing. And that's I bought it at that point. Mm-hmm. Like, I just bought it. Yeah. And then, it's like, oh, this movie's so cool. And I don't know when that, like, that ability to watch that kind of movie happened, mm-hmm. that switch, but I thought, like, that it was just a movie that people could watch. So I invited all my friends over. And boy, no one gave a shit. Like, no one was following it. There is nothing more infuriating <laughs> to me than, like, showing people a movie that I really like and they kind of just don't pay attention. Yeah. And it was, like, it was enraging because they weren't experiencing this masterpiece of a movie. But it was also enlightening that, like, there's this whole, like, chunk of movies that apparently I understand mm-hmm. that most people don't. Yeah. And like, that was, like, I think that was right before we started the podcast. So, like, I came into the podcast having started liking Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, we, I started, sorry, I just started thinking, uh, my girlfriend has this, like, young, edu- early education song, Tinker Tailor Soldier Sailor. Like, and every time mm-hmm. I mention Take her to the spy. She starts singing that, and then she's like, it. <laughs> I was like, that's "No, where, that's not it." <laughs> that's where it comes from. Is it really? Yeah, it's uh, well, like in the not sailor, but spy. Well, the title is spy, but like in the in the movie and in the book, like they label the characters Tinker Taylor Soldier, and then not sailor because it sounds too much like Taylor. Uh-huh. Um, but rich man, poor man. Oh, uh, I didn't know they that. Use I can the, tell they use the nursery rhyme to. Um, I think it's a classic nursery it is, like children's yeah. song. Yeah. Oh, that's like super fucking old. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> that's why they use it for okay. the code names. Anyway, anyway, uh, yeah. So that happened, and then I think the big, so the big turning point, comic wise, was BVS. Uh, the two, uh, like the, if you look at kind of like a, um, like a flat line, mm-hmm. the first point that kind of directed it upwards was. Christ on Heaven and Earth, where I realized how much there is, mm-hmm. and I was interested in that. And then, so, like, I was kind of on an incline of interest, and then BBS happened, and I just became vertical. Yep. Like, fully erect. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Uh, so that was, that was the, with that, and with the movies, it was this um, intrigue, that, that intrigue in, like, good movies happened with uh, that second viewing of Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, mm-hmm. and then... The the fully erect was watching the hunt, where it was just ooh, this. Ooh, that's a bad juxtaposition. Oh, right it there. is. Maybe I. Ooh, ooh, shit. Thought that was gonna come back and bite you somehow. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Anyway, when I became really intrigued by the art of movies, is mm-hmm. when we watched the hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, 
particularly my obsession with catching tiny details when I noticed the canker sore that never came back. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Now I do some bullshit podcast no one listens to. It's great. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. Gives me a lot something to do. A reason to see you. Yeah. It's miserable. Can't wait till it's over. Yep. Can't wait till I move to Texas. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. We'll do it by Skype. Oh, yeah. That's not going to stop. This is not going to stop. Huh? We are unstoppable. We are unstoppable. It's a watchable movie. Our podcast is the unstoppable force when people's interest is the immovable object. (laughs) 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 What happens when people actually listen to this? We're never going to (laughs) know. I don't know. Tell us what happens when when you listen to us. Is it a transcendent religious experience? Is it like needles in your ears? Is it both? Is it? Religious transcendent needles in your ears. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's a way to keep this bit going meaningfully. Not at all. Uh, but that—that's my story. All right, it's a, that's what brought me here. It's a good story. Yeah. So it's fun how the the kind of the, they converge at dark, at Batman versus Superman. Yeah. Like me, me watching movies and hearing comments. A, that was a really important movie for you. It's interesting. Most people's important movies are good ones. Fuck that movie, man. <laughs> that my my bank my bank account hates that movie so much. Yeah, like I would be I would have so much more money right now if it wasn't for that movie. Hey, though, maybe long term this podcast will go viral and then uh, your bank account will recover. Yeah, there we go. We're at the point where we should have gone viral, though. Oh yeah, we're definitely at a point where we should be getting sponsors, but we just don't advertise our podcast at all. Yeah. But we don't care. It's mostly just therapeutic for us yep. and our friends. All right. All right. Chelsea? I don't know. It's your episode. You, you tell me. Never. We keep talking. <laughs> and then in 2021, when, when Batman, when the Batman movie came out, it completely killed my desire to read comics because it was just such a god awful movie. No. <laughs> Imagine if that happens. I'm gonna. That would be. I'm gonna reference back to this clip. That would be astounding. <laughs> Huh. I don't know. What would it take for that movie to be that bad? I don't know. A lot of things. Yeah. It has potential to be absolutely horrible. Uh, Every movie has potential to be absolutely horrible. Yeah. Could just be Catwoman again. Sure could. It's a Robert Pattinson uh, empowerment movie. Weird thing to say. <laughs> we shall. <laughs> Thanks everyone for listening. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, and Podbean. Got it out in one take this time. Drew attention to it by shamelessly self-promoting it. Uh, we're on Facebook, apparently. Um, we're on Twitter. Apparently. We're we haven't posted when we like when we release the episode on Facebook in like years. A year. Yeah. Um we're on Twitter, where Preston forgets to rant. Yep. We're on... Wow, you're just killing it right now. Instagram. That's the place where we try to exist. Um, mostly fail. But, you know, it's okay. Um, the reason I'm very sad about no more movie theaters right now is no hashtag Free Maria pictures. Oh, yeah. I missed that. That's my thing. Maybe this is what frees Maria. <gasps> she needed to get a job. Maybe so Maria's she... free. Maria might be free. Are you free, Maria? I hope not the not the bad kind of free. I hope she didn't catch it. Die. Yeah. I hope she's like a good free. Yeah. 
Maria, uh, write us an email at our Gmail, justicelosers.pod at gmail.com. Tell us, are you free? Oh my God, that sounded not... like that sounded weirdly like I was trying to flirt with her. Are you free? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you would though. Uh, I've two more tie clips in my dad's drawers. That's a lot of tie clips. Oh shit! And just his piece of the Berlin Wall, just kind of put in a plastic bag, shoved in a tiny drawer. Oh, that's fun. I broke it. The Berlin Wall. Yeah, I knocked it down. Nice. That was, that was probably a good thing. I tore it down. I listened to President Reagan. Good job. Anyway, anyway, uh, we're on Patreon where you can give us money for some reason. Um, next week is going to be Preston trying to come up with what the current age of comics is all about and me trying to crap all over his ideas. Great. <laughs> Sounds like fun, right? Sounds like our friendship. Uh, coming to your ears near you next week. So, um, that's probably all the things I'm supposed to have said at this point in the episode, so thanks for listening. Bye. Oh, shit. Bye! Bye! Got it! <laughs> Just grab the bat scratcher out of nowhere. <laughs>